0: Mark. B mark,
1: set.
2: Set. And action. I wanted to be Bruce Lee.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Expand on that.
1: Thought maybe I could double somebody. You remind me of Dirk Diggler. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is lights...
1: Welcome to Crew Stories, my name is Diego Mariscal And I'm Martin Tournaire Today we're going to be talking with our good friend Kenny Davis And it's people like Kenny that actually inspired this
0: podcast He's one of the best technicians out there And we could talk about what a great dolly grip he is Because he's one of the best But what we're really interested in is behind the scenes What was going on in his life While he was working on these movies That we grew up watching
1: So today you are going to hear from the crew
0: And this is his story First, who who are you? Let us know Kenny who you Davis are. Yeah, what do you do? I'm a dolly grip in the film industry. What does a dolly grip do?
2: It pushes a what they call a dolly. It's what they put the camera on. It hydraulically operates by a boom up and down. The camera goes up and down on a, on a very linear path, very very even, very smooth. And it also drives forward forward, and backwards on a set of four wheels just like a car. But it also goes side to side. They call it crab mode. So it can do a lot of things with a camera on it and an operator who's operating the camera and then people go oh, that makes no sense to me
1: whatsoever yeah right? exactly okay <laughs> cool so it's, it's a very yeah. team operated it's thing it's such a collaborative but, thing yeah.
2: that's what I love about it actually and if you embrace it which I do of course I. there's moments when you're like it's just work or whatever or you're trying to get through something but when it's interesting it's just fantastic I love it like how smooth it was how 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 well it worked
0: everyone did their job
2: exactly and they
0: worked together exactly
2: it's like a bobsled or a you know or something like that you know really amazing and it, it that that is the magical I think feel a magical part and it's it's uh it's like a dance mm-hmm. it's a bit of a dance it is a bit of a dance following another person's movements and then sometimes I'm moving towards them sometimes I'm moving away from them sometimes I'm moving around them but it's
1: all choreographed yeah and, and how did you even get into this
2: I was, I was working as a, in, in, in bars and restaurants. I was like 19 years old. I was living in Florida. I was born in New York. I moved down to Florida with my family. I was out of school. Didn't know what I was doing. And my, I had an uncle back in New York that was doing a movie in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Find out he was this producer. Okay, that's what we'll call him. And he didn't call me to work on the movie, but uh, he said, uh, can you drive my car? He had a, I think at that point, Cadillac Brits was like the car. I drove what it was fifteen hours or whatever it was to Louisville, Kentucky, pulled up in the hotel. My uncle was in the lobby waiting for me. I, I talked to me, he said, you know, they do stuff, they have guys on these things called PAs, you know. Do you want to work on this film? Why not? And that's that was my beginning. And I, I got a job as a they hired me as a PA and then the first day we shot in a maximum security prison in LaGrange, Kentucky. Whew. Yeah. Gates what, what was the name of that movie? It was called uh the act. I don't even know what happened to it. Was so I probably hit the tape? It was it was freaking terrible? It was Eddie Albert the guy from uh, Green Acres was in it? Oh wow! The beginning, like he was the old sage, well, the wise old sage. Right, right. I remember seeing him. No one going. That's like, my first actor I saw in person. I was like, that's the dude from Green I've Acres. Seen you? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, I walked into the prison. There was a prison. We were loading. They were loading gear in, like out of a, a truck. And I started helping them. And it was the, it was the grip department. I didn't know that then. And it cut to the, they came to me like production came to me and said, "Hey, we need that guy to go like run and get some something for production." And the, and the guy the key group went like, "Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's with us. He's working with us." They go, "Well, we no." He goes, "Oh, you didn't hear me. He's helping us. He's he's carrying this plywood and these sandbags and this pipe and this tri-. and that's how I and next thing you know, I was working with them the whole job. That's awesome. And in a prison it was frightening in there like mm-hmm. I'd never been in the internal workings. You are a kid, you're a baby. I was a baby. I was 19. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're yelling at me. I like <laughs> that right there. Check that out. Oh, are they talking to me? Yeah, I think they are. I think oh, they like you. It's frightening. So they friendly. like me. Everyone's they so like friendly me. here. <laughs> I like that is my story. That's how I got in. That was my first film. Plus, they were partying like crazy. I was like nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You guys do this all the time. You guys drink at the bar, like when you get done, like every night." Oh yeah, kid, this is what it's like, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, cut to twenty five, whatever. He was like, "They partied like crazy." <laughs> but uh, no, it was like a year in between, and then I got my the same director, Sig Shore. He did uh, Superfly. He's famous for doing Superfly. A lot of black exploitation. He did uh, Shaft in Africa. He was this. He's a great guy, awesome dude. And it was my first like direct meeting a director. He was from the Bronx. That same guy had a movie, it was called Sudden Death, which another couple movies came out like name that. But this was about a girl with a gun. That was my next endeavor. I mm-hmm. went to New York. I lived in, a, I slept in a van. It was metal oh. with some furry pads, and I slept in that thing. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Right. I don't. I don't know if I didn't care. I wasn't. You didn't know any better, I don't man. think I didn't know any yeah, better. You were willing. Yeah, I willing, exactly. and I was in the hood, like staying in Queensbridge, where I ended up residing for quite a while. And it was the just it was an industrial part just of Queens, just across the 59th Bridge, but you know Manhattan adjacent, <laughs> right <laughs> you know, across exactly. the river. And I, I just set up shop there and started working on like it was a non-union world because I wasn't in 52 or anything, and neither were any of them. They were really appreciative of like how hard you worked. I I noticed that right you know the
0: crew mm-hmm.
2: they did not look past it and go this kid's a you know he's not over at craft or over at getting something to eat or daydreaming or i was there 100 percent working and i really was into it so that i guess that helps you shine you know yeah. they see that there's funny there's a lot of entertaining funny characters yeah. in this business especially when i got to new york and was, that was loaded with them i was like okay these are my people you know like mm-hmm. these are my kind of people they I would really appreciate it the people who didn't give a shit. That was my favorite people. Yeah. Because they just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Not like they didn't care about their work when it came time to make, to do, that's like me on the on the dolly, I guess. I'll be goofing around, goofing around. But when it comes to focus and doing that thing, I, I can't get more focused. 125%. I'll suck my brain right into it. And, you know, but when the offline, like you, I, I want to just, be light I want to you know mm-hmm. keep it light yeah but you're, you're, you're able to do if you if you're <laughs> I don't know you can do both I yeah, guess it's uh, a balance it is a very tricky balance though yeah.
1: after the first or second movie were like this is my thing or were you like it's kind of a side job or you know, I want to go to that, school that's or, a very good
2: point I didn't know I thought it was to be temporary maybe it didn't pay very well in the beginning
1: well, how, I much ever, were, how much were you getting?
2: I think I was making like, I, one job was like, I think I made 500 a week on Tales from the Dark Side. That was one of the jobs I got. I Tom thought I'd, I did Tales from the Dark Side TV show mm-hmm. in Queens Bridge. It shot right next to my house. I could walk there. It was a dangerous walk, <laughs> <laughs> especially at home about three in the morning if you wrapped it through. Maybe I don't want to walk under the 59th Street care. Bridge down 21st Street. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, like,
2: no, it was fine. But. It started. I think that seemed like a lot of money to me because my rent was five hundred a month in a, in a, the worst neighborhood ever.
1: And were you like um, by yourself in town? Or, yes, because your family was all in Florida, right? I,
2: everybody was. I was the only. I was there living in in Queensbridge, and then I shanghaied my brother. <laughs> I went down to, to Florida for his birthday or something, and got super drunk with him uh, and crashed his car on the way to the party. I think and then we left for New York like the next day and I brought him up there and he lived in that house with me
1: and like in New York you were that was like the music video exactly like, all you say? the music video, video section oh, all rap
2: videos we did salt and Peppa, biggie jay-Z Don did them all too my brother but we were a gang of people that did these and the directors he just were it could be it could be uh, I remember doing them with Ernest Ernest Diggerson Hype Williams Hype did a million of them Hype was the king and he was from Queens he was from Hollis I still talk to him I still work with him yeah a why he'll call me I'll go do a rig on a job that he's doing and it's just it's a a blast because he just loves me I love him because we've known each other since that era where there was guns those guys were carrying guns on set we rode around Beastie Boys and we did all this stuff like uh, L Cool J, all that early rap stuff. I was literally on my own. I was I was yeah, doing whatever I want, completely unsupervised, completely out of control, and it was a blast. I mean, I'd say from eighty to ninety, that was like the greatest time in New York City. The bars are open after our clubs are open all night. You know, you leave the bars that close at <laughs> two and there's a couple, bunch of bars that are opening at two. Mm-hmm. You know, we had all those places like Save the Robots, King Tuts, Wawa the every club we were denizens of these places like the world bar I mean they'd be trying to throw people out of there at like 4.30 going like get out and they'd be like fights in the street <laughs> wow. just remember it and it was completely undisciplined and completely out of control and going to work with sometimes no sleep it was just that was the lifestyle
1: and for like 10 years you did that He's like 10 years and,
2: and acceptable that's what's frightening about it really we think about it. well I think about it anyway I, I was never here's a funny thing I was never really a drug guy Never have Everybody will tell you. Never was. I was a drinker. Yeah. Big drinker. Loved it. Loved New York's idea of drinking.
0: Uh-huh.
1: These
2: bars don't close. You want to stay here and drink. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. And then what moved you to California? Was it just the work? Work.
2: Uh, literally, everyone was on the take. Like, you know, the grocery store owner. You're not shooting here unless you pay me. What? I, that's what I heard. The, the city, The the... the in all the municipalities, right. the streets, whatever. Getting Everybody was on the take. No right. one could get do anything without it costing them a fortune, and mm-hmm. and it was a pain in the ass. I guess just basically just very difficult to shoot in, and that's when everything it just left New York. So we stayed there. I stayed there, like I said, between eighty nine and, and ninety. But I literally went like, you know what? I got to get out of here. I'm gonna starve. You'd work a month. Say you worked a month. You might even have a busy month. You might, but then the next month might be dead. Like you know, and those was low-paying, union jobs. There were, there were a black. Like I say, I've never met better people. Those jobs, the camaraderie, and the the, mm-hmm. the bonds I made on those jobs were. Sure, just when you're in the purely shit. in the yeah. shit, right? The first move. By the time I came out to LA, I'd never been west of, the Mississippi. But anyways, I drove a truck for a job to Colorado. The set was literally at two blocks across the street, or it was there was a river. It's the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. There was a river. Colorado River, <laughs> running between the hotel and the train station. We were shooting at the train station. So there was, I think there was vans or something to pick you up. Literally, all you had to do was walk across this bridge. So I was running across the bridge. Of course, it was late, and I fell. I was—I go, I'm still drunk. Mm-hmm. That's not good. <laughs> and I remember laughing, and this was very funny, and I'm thinking about it now, going, you know, oh, my God, you know. You, you get, get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a fr- It's a blast. I don't know if it took me a lot longer than most to realize that you have to check yourself just mm-hmm. for basic, for lack of a better dis- uh, explanation, that you need to check yourself and go, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I do like what I'm doing. Um, it's really interesting what I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. creative. And it's fun if you, you know, when you let it flow and it's flowing. But if it starts to, f- what your other thing that you're doing, like, Party and
0: whatever—that
2: mm-hmm. really, that's a huge, it had a huge effect on me as I got older, you know. Sure. And everybody's right there with you. Uh-huh. Come on, hey!
0: Because Come if out. somebody says that you have a problem, then they're pointing the finger right back at themselves. So it's like as long as everybody Isn't keeps rocking, rock- no one has a problem. Oh my! God. You know, everybody's just enjoying right. the party.
2: Colorado. I met two guys from California. This guy John Philpot I never forget. This guy John Philpot and Greg Sanger. They were the set dresser guys, and they were like, they had snowboards, and they were wearing surf trunks and flip flops. They've grown up in Hawaii. These guys. I'd never met anyone like that. It's like, where well, are you guys from? Like, Bro, these are snowboards. You take them up on the fucking hill, and you this. And I was like, that's so cool. Let's go do it. Can I do it? Yeah. And like, I hung out with them while. All- and then when the job was over, they're like, I had my motorcycle with me. I brought it out in the truck. And they go, throw your bike in the back of the ten ton, bro. It's going back to LA. Why don't you just come out there? It's tons of work, dude. You know, and and all these all these little you know innuendos and all the dialogue was like it sounded really good. I hung out with them. They lived in like Manhattan Beach. They were surfers. They lived in a house with like six guys. I stayed there for a while. Got here in that yeah, I was eighty nine. girl i went out with in new york she lived in la she was the only girl i knew from la she was actually my girlfriend for a long time melissa crow she worked from madonna and she got me a job on a video I'll never forget this no video it was it was uh, like a prayer oh oh wow watched it. No I way. just watched it <laughs> really i was trying to tell my wife Steve about the,
0: the black jesus the black and jesus I'm like, with he's a, a gorgeous on his man yeah
2: we've been we've been punctured mm-hmm. and it was just the funniest yeah but it was a guy it, it, it we had Crosses burning on the hillside mm-hmm. in San Pedro. It was Steve Poster, like a, he was a big DP at that time, he was shooting it. And, but I got kind of a political hire on that job, so so everybody kind of was looking at me like sideways. You know? Right, like, right. Who is this jackass? Oh. But I was a jackass at that time. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I knew what I was doing,
0: but out of town. It was
2: it was out of town guy. And, mm-hmm. like, why do we have to hire this guy? Like because I basically got on the job by my girlfriend, I guess, and we all did that video and yeah kind of you know I forget videos I think we did a shitload of videos working for propaganda you'd show up there in the morning it literally would be like five directors out front with like five key grips and five gaffers all going out to scout five different jobs wow. or could it be could be 10 yeah mm-hmm. Michael Bay David Fincher Josh Taft Sam Bear yeah, you, know, you name them like they were like all there letters. young directors. I can't, I'm just naming a few. I can't remember all those. They were all there propaganda doing these videos, but they were massive videos. They'd shoot for three, two, three, four days, mm-hmm. and you'd get. Bru- they were brutal. You know, 25
0: <laughs> hours later.
2: Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. I love this. <laughs> no, 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 I can't see.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> See, LA was a shock to me. I was like, I it was like, an ind- first of all, you went from New York to LA. It was like, it was an industry that blew my mind. Like, it was, it was twenty times the size. People had ten-ton trucks all over the place. They had equipment. People, there was, you know, HMI stuff. I just we saw in very small doses in New York. Mm-hmm. The technology, the the availability of it, the you know, the abundance of it. Hi,
0: I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho <laughs>
2: Child's, awesome. wow. fir- my- Child's Play 2. Awesome. Out here is my first. I think that was my. Child's Play 2. Did That was my first movie out here in L.A. Awesome. Oh, my God. The Child. We had the- There was no. It was before CGI and computer.
0: Mm. Computer generated puppets. image.
2: It was like puppets. The little people. Puppeteers. I had like eight of them on the dolly once moving with the guy walking in front. Wow. Little Chucky walking in front. Yeah, real physically doing the stuff. And they would have puppeteers with, you know helmets on with that jaw moving his jaw and Mm -hmm. one guy moving his hand yeah them doing all the puppeteering was really amazing to watch so we were working with Stefan Chopsky who's a DP awesome cinematographer when we were finishing it, Stefan said, I an—I might have, another, I have an interview with Tim Burton.
1: He's a highly imaginative character.
2: It seems clear that his awareness of what we call reality is radically underdeveloped.
0: From Tim Burton comes the most incredible tale of a most unusual character, Edward Scissorhands. We're going to shoot in
2: Tampa, in Florida. We're going to take over this whole uh, track housing development. And he wanted Florida for those skies perfect blue skies perfect blue skies with those puffy fluffy clouds that look almost like you drew them did one steady cam shot in the whole movie wow everything else was dolly so they were looked to me like this is what you're going to do the whole job which is not as you well know this is not unusual it's just man it was a lot That, that movie was amazing that was a real endeavor still of course again getting you know hammered every night this is a, it's a common, like I said, a common thread. common thread again. Yes, it was just a big party. We're on location. Let's just drink and go to work every day, you know, whatever. And and the the heat was intense and it rained every day. We came back from Florida, went to Fox Studios and shot Vincent Price as Johnny's creator in the movie. Johnny, mm-hmm. the creator. The of, up and I land. remember shaking Vincent Price's hand and meeting him and going like, wow. and he was so nice. And he was a hundred years.
0: <laughs> he was like,
1: he was like ah, yeah. nice guy, nice guy. He was, like,
2: he was in the fly, he was in the web, he was like, yeah. help me. I was like, oh my god, that's that dude. First, scared me a lot, you know, pitting the pendulum and the house of wax and all that shit. The last day at Edward Scissorhands, it was Johnny carving this ice sculpture and me going around with Winona mounted on the dolly. The key grip was Chris Centrella. He came in for the day. He knew the production manager of the producers and so I met Chris. He was a big, well, I guess he was a pretty big time key grip, working for Bob Richardson and Oliver Stone and doing all those huge movies. And I went on a job in Miami, like a TV movie in Miami. He got me on a hard line at the hotel, this, you know. And I got and I said, "This is Chris and Trial. was the key grip on uh, the last day of the Rescission." He goes, "You want to do a movie?" I was like, "Sure," because it's JFK, it's Oliver Stone, Bob Richardson's gonna be a huge movie. Starts in Dallas, Louisiana. DC. I'm like, okay. And that was the conversation. Okay, they'll be in touch with you. They have your number. Click. And the next thing you know, I was like, I have never hit the ground running on a movie as a dolly grip like that in my life. Oliver was like a machine and Bob was like a hurricane. They call him the hurricane for a reason. He was just from one shot to the next laying out hundreds of feet of dolly track. Beginning of summer in Dallas, it was like 100 degrees, hit the blacktop. They had redone the whole grassy knoll and the book depository to look like it did in 1963. And then they had the whole procession of cars. We recreated, I say we, they, and then me, do. we were doing You captured it. You were there. Part of it. <laughs> there was a 30, I'll never forget, first day of shooting, they're recreating the, the procession, the uh, motorcade, going down... 11 miles an hour at such a deadly speed and they're going 11 miles an hour in 1963 cars with 1963 Harleys, cops on Harleys and everything's heating up, everything's breaking down and we're stopping and turning around and it's going back to one. I mean, it was like 50 right. cars going back to one. Day one. with Yeah, day one was like, is the craziest mm-hmm. thing, everything, but I also thought, wow, it was 30 something cameras there was operators all over the roofs all in the bushes behind the grass you know up on the bridge in the fucking book depository aiming camera I see you in my shot I see you in my shot we're all seeing each other don't worry about it anybody just stop talking and we're gonna roll it was like but I've never seen a machine like that it was unbelievable Chris was unreal the way he ran that stuff because that was like for my from my POV I think that was the that was big time Right, Like, it was like, wow. For me, for me, I mean, other people, uh, Chris I've done 10 movies like that in a row or 15. I, I was a young guy. I was long hair, earrings, you know, running around in this, I just felt like, I mean, as much as it was killing you, it made you feel really alive and like really creative. Because you're like, wow, this, it's really, you know, really recreating it step by
1: step. Since it was more responsibility, it was a bigger deal to you. Did you start drinking more, or was there any, anything like that? Drank
2: like a like a like a maniac with mm-hmm. everybody.
1: Just as a release after work, uh, or?
2: maybe that was a shield. It's in itself. That's kind of a comfort zone. I was drinking with the crew.
1: And did you have a girlfriend or anything here? I don't and then remember. Were like no, I did not.
2: To... All right, cool. No, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of things. But we were, <laughs> we were drinking like, I mean, so were the actors. Everybody. Right, I mean, like I, I remember.
1: It was a big. I mean, that's a very dramatic movie. and yeah. part, you're like recreating history, and I you know, know you're Kevin be. was
2: was was. I drank with him a lot. He was a he was like a, one of the crew, one of the guys, an excellent person. And we were like in you know we'd be shooting in the French Quarter. We went to Louisiana from the, from Dallas, and you end up in the French Quarter. I mean, what do you do there?
1: And so, uh, so after JFK, then what was your uh, your next? Right game? on the
2: Batman. That's when Tim called Stefan. Batman Returns, that elephant stage on Warner, is it Warner Brothers? Yeah, yeah. it's a Warner Brothers. What is that? The sixteen, the that Christmas s- tree one. Set, that's yes, set. the Christmas tree. They had motorcycles shooting out of that <laughs> on cables. A guy on a motorcycle in a skeleton head, <laughs> and they hit the ground like those guys. Those guys, that's another whole part of the of the of the industry that you know. We're not even discussing that
1: part. Well, that's anymore. how you even got into this industry was wanting to be a. Stuck that's guy. true. I
2: wanted to be like Bruce Lee. I, wanted, <laughs> I thought I was Bruce Lee. It's a little not quite as Asian, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Catwoman was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Was uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Meow. Tragic irony or
0: poetic justice? You tell
2: me. <laughs> Danny DeVito as the Penguin, just the best guy on the planet like in this foam suit walking around <laughs> before the penguin's suit is over it he's in this foam suit he looks like a turkey he mm-hmm. look like one of those cartoon turkeys feet
0: sticking out yeah I don't know
2: he put this black ink in his mouth V Neal was the same you know makeup person and you know effects makeup and all that stuff she did on Edward Scissorhands Then she did Batman. she did all the Tim's movies she's amazing all that stuff was neat I learned also I got my chops on those things like JFK and that they torture you. Like you're literally being worked to the you're to the edge of your limits, to the edge of what it takes and it's like it's awesome. I like got chops doing that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let them down. You want them to beat you. Mm-hmm. Right. You want it's not they're going to beat you. It's not a competition like that. I mean, of course you don't want to fail. It's you just I don't know. It's it's it brings out the best in you by being Challenged. Challenged, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And it's those like those things did thing. do that. Those those jobs did that. And that's why I'm able to do what I do now, I think, because of those experiences. Right, right. At a young age, right at a little young age. So there's a shot where the and Batman comes flying up in the Batmobile. It's Michael Keaton driving. So it's the real Batmobile drives up and I had the camera in my hand on a crane and I lift up the camera as it as the car The nose of the car just goes under but a few inches. He pops up and he climbs out of the top of the car and starts fighting all the bad guys. Well he That's came the in. first time
1: you see him actually in the movie. First as time Batman. you see him you're
2: right. It's first time you see him in costume in the movie. He comes flying in, there's all this foam, snow on fake snow on the ground. And we do one take, they go. Can you can you can you keep it low a little longer? Come up last second. And I'm like, I just missed the front of the car. But the car has a really long hood. It's like I uh, it's eight or ten feet long, I don't remember. And I said, Okay, I'll try next time i go up his foot is on the accelerator he puts his foot on the brake to stop coming into me i'm standing there i'm standing in front of a moving car which is not a great <laughs> idea anyways and his foot slips off the brakes of the this foam on the boot and it goes on the accelerator And he just comes right at me and i just lifted the camera up as i was going to do And next thing you know, the car is continuing so i just ran up the hood of the car and landed with the camera complete accident and Kept my balance and like was sticking the camera in his face because he pops up out of the tea roof, and we're literally looking at each other. And I'm holding the camera still like this. I'm like, and my <laughs> eyes are as big as you know. Did he play source, His. And Michael goes, they go cut. I, they go, that was awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I almost died. And he just looked at me and goes, I am so sorry. I, I slipped off that all that foam soap. Look at my boots. He's like, explain him. I'm like, dude, it's okay. We're all we're both all right. But I ran up the hood of the car with the camera. and the shots in the movie—that
1: wow, was really so cool. close,
2: really close call. You know, I Those
1: mean, cinema awesome accidents that just I, right. I
2: ran up the hood, on
1: and, my and feet. not talking about that shot. It's I remember you there. see Michael Keaton's eyes big, big. When, he, when he goes, yep. and he gets out because he because almost, almost killed, killed me." Him,
2: wow.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Or was That's literally so did not
2: move. Did we both froze in fear? Mm-hmm. And it just.
1: And what was going on with you as you when, God, I would think when I was you were working on Batman?
2: Work and drink, drink and work, and what a party atmosphere! Like you know, we would leave work and right. Where are we going to get drinks? Then we'd go over to the smokehouse, of course. You know, smokehouse we right production. across the street. Imagine that! How convenient. There's a bar still there. there. It's just an awful <laughs> yeah. place, in my opinion. Just, yeah. just it's awful. I think there's carpet in there. That's what's bad.
0: <laughs> the same carpet.
2: Yeah, but it was like day one thirty-eight. Michael had to leave, or he left. I don't remember. Like we were just still shooting, you know, on and on. So they were like, "We need someone in the batsuit. We need someone in the, you know, the costume." I guess they looked at me, and I was the right size, about Michael's size. You started
1: hearing the Bruce Lee music in the in your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, "I'm
2: going in. Put me in the suit." Well, literally, you also have to get naked to get in the suit. I didn't know that, so I'm in front of these two men, two wardrobe powder all they over powder you, powdered me up with baby powder, naked, behind a like a like a Four by four solid. Like not even like privacy. Like they're standing behind. You're the just flag. a grip, you don't matter. I drop they're putting on their they're laughing at me because I'm part of the crew. It's not like I'm an aggro. They're like messing with me and shit. They're like, okay. I'm oh my
1: god. You junk. know there's Polaroids out There's Polaroids like, somewhere with you And baby powder. Stretching
2: this fucking spandex thing that has, you know, foam muscles. In muscles it. It. and they put it on, but then you get it on, you put the thing on, and you're like, hey, This is pretty cool. Gloves, boots, you're like, yeah. I'm you're looking at your muscle Your fake <laughs> yeah, muscles fake, you're like, muscle, oh, fake chest You know <laughs> That's <laughs> so, great But the two guys Stretching it on me on there That was hysterical Because then it, it Zips up like in the back And then they velcro it over And like it's whole process Getting into it You know Then pull, you put a little Black on your eyes And they put the Put the hood on the And then I drove the, yeah. I drove the car For close ups I drove the Batmobile For some close ups And that was That's kind of cool I saw that in the movie in the movie, And I forgot about it I was like Oh wow
1: That's my hand That's me. That's me. That's, so cool. that, that's so cool. Because you finally did, you yeah. completed your dream. I completed that, that dream. That's, that's what you wanted to do. That's why yeah, you're you so got funny. There. Like,
2: well, when you get into the industry and you, you see what that entails and what, what you do entails, so it's like, I don't know what's better or worse. You know, it seems like I'm doing, I like what I do. So it's, and then it also goes in faith. You know, you go up and down with that, you know. Right, right.
1: Renewed. Sometimes renewed interest. And at this time, though, have you already met your wife or the person, or you're engaged? I met her um,
2: around, I remember her coming out to Dead Man, coming out to the set of Dead Man. We were in Arizona in the, uh, in a lava field. Maybe sad to talk about, but it's also true. And it actually, there are learning experiences. I got married. I was never married before. I didn't know how to do that. That was a really bad idea.
1: How old were you? uh,
2: 34 Hmm. when I got married. 33, 34. That's pretty long to wait in, in, in reality, but that was way too early for me. I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but that, that, then, you know, kid being born in that marriage and then getting out of it almost immediately. And that's a learning, huge learning curve. After that, go through divorce, had bought a house, had a lot of things. Yeah. Things. And when it, when it all went down, obviously I was getting out of it and it just, we just basically it, I had nothing. And I was sleeping on someone's couch, you know. So that I think should have been, <laughs> but it wasn't mm-hmm. enough to arouse my senses or did a lesson to tell me it was telling me something, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a very you know in a very tough manner, you know. You need to check yourself. Still didn't.
0: Dirk Diggler demo. Keep the vocals up. You got the touch. Take seven. <laughs>
2: Joey Dionda, The Key Grip. I got this movie. It's $15 million. You know, it's not a big budget. It's low budget. It's called, I think he said the name of it, Boogie Nights. And I heard the word, I heard the title, also Nights in the title, and I was like, that's going to be a lot of nights. <laughs> Whenever you hear the Nights,
1: in the title, <laughs> Nights, Terror, nights, Vampire, terror, zombies, vampire, <laughs> get away. That
2: means you're going to be working all night long and sleeping during the day. But uh, yeah, he said, and the, um, PT. no one knew who PTA was. He did a movie called Heartache. Mm-hmm. that did pretty well obviously it got him another movie
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I think he'd been carrying around that script for Boogie Nights for a long time he had written that
1: he was a super young though. what was he like 26 20? years yeah. 26, mm-hmm.
2: tw- 25 when he started I think he turned 26 on the movie if I recall directing amazing well that's what was cool it's like I said now like how working with a lot younger people well Paul was 25 and he was so so cool it was I wanna be moving during this movie. Boy, you know, he wasn't kidding, right? <laughs> right. Every shot's moving. And that's where we moved the entire movie. Just like J F K. We never stopped dollying. Ever. I mean even on close ups, it's like I loved his enthusiasm and he also said, you know, did you see color of money? Did you see
1: Actually, I really like that because I know a lot of directors are like scared to like say they're ripping off someone's thing. But when they tell you that he exact did. thing what they mm-hmm. want, that's what. And then you say it, and you're like, "Oh, you mean like this?" One, and "That's like, exactly,
2: exactly what I right. thought." He said he mentioned other movies. He goes, "I watched that movie. He goes, I love what they did. Did you see?" Uh, you yeah, uh, I, I am Cuba, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I go, "Yeah, actually, a lot of people haven't. I've seen that film." He goes, "You, know, I'm gonna be like, we're gonna be like that. Right? That camera is gonna be doing stuff like that." And back to <laughs> Joey De man, he he. You know they design him and uh, Bob Ellsworth They designed that shot, coming off the opening shot of the film, the, the Titan cam hop into the club, which became like some kind of iconic. I've seen it at least shot. six
1: times on a set yeah. with the director telling me this is what we want to do. Again, at you're
2: least. back to sh- someone showing you a shot that they're gonna well, they're gonna rip it off, but they they're impressed and they want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I remember like me and Andy Shuttleworth were up on the crane. I was up on it with him. So I came down with him and walked off the crane with him. But we're panning with Burt Reynolds and all the crew in that big Cadillac convertible. And when they get to the club, I mean, we rehearsed the shot for a day. So we got it all down. How smart is that of a 25-year-old director to say, that's what the first day, shot, day is going to consist of. We're going to rehearse that mm-hmm. shot and we're going to do it to music. 70s
1: that same get song he
2: played, yeah. right? Boom, 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 boom. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. And he put big speakers up. So the next day when we shot it, we shot it the next day, we rehearsed it, okay, this all works, we got it down, we'll hop off, these six guys jump on. Me and Andy go running across, and we're running across over to the thing, they'll shake hands as they get out of the car. That'll give us time to close in on them. Right. Otherwise, they would have gotten in the club for us, so we're way behind. Not way behind, but...
1: You always need that second. You
2: need that second. And that Unlocking. was was clever about yeah. Paul, I thought. Using said, the actors I'll get him the get lag. out. Hey, what's up? Call me, what's up? Luis Guzmán and all those guys are yeah. and let's 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 greet each other before we go to the club. Jackie Jack, Jackie Jack, Jackie Jack, Jack, are you doing? And <laughs> lovely We come running up with the steady cam. And then we go, you know, one of them pushes the door open and then I catch the door and the camera goes right in. We go to Bert. And I forget, Roller Girl, or girl or whatever, sitting at the booth.
0: and it goes right, right. Through, no, through the, the club at
2: underground, ground. And it was fantastic. I mean, but the music being on, doing the whole thing, was, I thought, that was all Paul. You know, I mean, you have to have, you know, just keep vision. that vision. The vision and keep that open mind. Like, mm-hmm. sure, we can do this. Why and not?
1: trusting people.
2: And this great cast again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like,
2: those ensemble castles when you, I think, casting... Is something that's overlooked hugely. All the guys fell out before the movie started. Really? That was supposed to be DiCaprio, Patricia Arquette, Sam Jackson. A lot of the people from Part Eight. He was going to bring in and do the same. Shut up. Instead, DiCaprio pulls out. Didn't think it was a good idea for it to be a porn the porno movie. thing, right? Paul. I mean, he he falls out, and then the rest of them pulled out. Sam Jackson, Patricia Arquette. I forget who else was it. Wow. And Julianne Moore disaster. signs up. But look, look at like Heather Graham, takes Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, I never forget it. That's just so funny. We had, you know, Ron Jeremy on set. We had, I forget the actress. She's plays uh, Bill Macy's uh, wife, wife I right? Think the real porn star. So mm-hmm. we had her on set, you know, which was pretty interesting. But it, that in itself, she'd be there and be very comfortable being naked around everybody. So we're working around it, you know. The most interesting part. Of that, was she said to Paul, and I'll never forget it, is, I'm not faking sex. And he's like, well, I can't shoot sex. It's X. It's rated X. The film can't come out in theaters if it's rated X. I have to keep an R rating. Basically, that's the conversation. I'm sure there was a lot more to it than that. But Paul's 25. Right. Remember, you know, the movie's about porn. She says, yeah, I don't care. He goes, you have to simulate, you know, sex. And she goes, well, I've never done that in 20 years, so I'm not starting today. So you shoot it how you want it, but I'm fucking, basically, is what she said. And I was like, right? <laughs> Stick to your guns. You're goddamn right. That's what you do. Yeah. You do you, uh-huh. and we'll shoot
0: it. You brought me and here po- for that. And Poe was
2: like, he kind of wrestled with the idea for a while, and he went like, well,
1: you know, I don't know. And
2: he's a very smart guy. I mean, he's like, okay, well, I can't... St- I'll take everything away from her if I don't allow her to be who she is. I don't know. Okay, we'll shoot it, and she'll. And she, he goes, "Well, I got to find someone to, to come in that you can." And she goes, "Oh, I got guys. In the room. <laughs> so I got them all day long." So stuff like that was on that movie was particularly graphic, and in, yeah. like you weren't used to being on a real movie set. There was right. people who were like, "What the fuck." What, what? No. There was these, I just remember she goes I'll bring in this guy I'll bring in this guy and the guy we're, we're working so this guy shows up on set he's got like a leather coat on and no shirt and jeans like, <laughs> he's smoking a cigarette like on set and I'm like who the fuck is this guy? oh I know who well,
0: you I know who this I know guy exactly who this <laughs> and is and the girl this
2: girl on the set i never forget it she was set deck or something she's going I know you and he's going no you don't I know you I've worked with you but she goes, he goes I don't think so I do adult films and she goes, oh, and I'm like, that's how I know busted. you. That's, that's, that's like, how no you know. It. And it was just funny, that kind of crap all day long on buggy nights. And people, mm-hmm. a lot of people were offended, but a lot of people were like, I just laughed it. I thought it was hysterical. It was like rock and roll. You're yeah. running with a circus full of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and 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 being being treated pretty well, you know. You're working long hours, but being put up here, put up there, you're moving around. It's exciting. It's a it's. It, it's never boring.
0: Mm-hmm. It can
2: be boring in the moment, maybe, sure. but for the most part, it's never boring, and you're being challenged and all that stuff. And you, ne- you're, you're fueled by that. But I didn't see the obviously my family uh, life and as a father and a, and a husband, I fell apart. Mm-hmm. All my fault. That was, I'd say that divorce and and all that falling apart was ninety eight point nine percent my <laughs> fault. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, like couldn't. Be, uh, I couldn't have been less, you know, present. You know, it was unbelievable.
1: Right. So it's kind, of, it's like an ebb and flow, though. Like you were working like, on the coolest time. things in the world in your professional life, yeah. but your personal life was falling. In, Isn't that funny? Like
2: in that, to find is the balance a balance of life. A true explanation, like uh, it really is. It's like, and and that your business is also like. I, I went and did like I did like a bunch of, I felt like fell off. I did like a bunch of big movies in a row, and then like you know I did like some shit. daughter now are you going to be responsible not really I didn't really you didn't uh, not, not enough mm-hmm. you know I pick my daughter up you know every other weekend and I do the daddy thing and I do all that but then I was right back to being like a crazy and
0: man. when you were doing that was that was it kind of like you were having to become this other person for those for that weekend were you having to leave trying to be in a leave your your crazy world and be like now time no to go I was actually
2: mixing them together which is even worse think about that mm-hmm. that's really it uh irresponsible oh so oh so irresponsible when I think about it now I would never now the way I'm thinking I I just can't believe I did that but not too dangerous ever really but still it's irresponsible and Mm -hmm. it's uh, immature but um, I would change a little bit Mm -hmm. put on a little face but not enough not nearly enough to be honest I think it didn't hit me till I woke up in jail one, one morning like you know, had been, in, had been arrested and remembered that very vividly. Probably a DUI, I think. Mm-hmm. It was a DUI. But I f- had fallen asleep for a little bit and woke up and was like, you know, in a cell. And I was like, oh, this is not a cool place at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it lightly. Oh, yeah, I remember coming in here. Ooh, did I tell that cop to go fuck himself? Like, mm-hmm. did I, you know, something really stupid. Really, really stupid. I did some real said said and did some really really stupid, stuff. and I think that should have should I should have jarred me again. I think it did, mm-hmm. but it only you know these things would only last momentarily. Sure. So I got sober for about four years after that. Uh-huh. Did not drink.
0: And did was pretty, a long momentarily. Yeah, but a... it did,
2: did pretty good during those four. I don't go to uh, meetings and I don't hang out with a lot of sober people. Mm-hmm. God bless them. Yeah, love
1: them. And actually, did you ever go? Did you have to go to AA? Only oh, you only by, I had to. I
2: had to. That was the only time I went. And the <laughs> yeah. man was that hard! I just I hated it. Like I thought it was so we I felt so uncomfortable in there. Mm-hmm. Everybody hold hands now. I mean, tell me a story about how fucked up you are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't me at all. A definite like a true thing is that, is you uh you take yourself out of the social life a lot, a situation. You're not right. social anymore. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: You're not that's so you see who your friends are. You're like, oh, yeah. you don't drink or smoke weed anymore? I ain't talking to you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And you know what? Fine. You go do that. Like I said, again, that works for you. It's for each individual. Mm-hmm. Just you do you. I'm going to be over here, and I dig this.
0: Well, And that's when you go out, you know, you and you spend time with those same people, and you're sober. And, like, I've, I've taken times off, you know, when I was trying to have yeah, a kid, yeah, and sure. different times, but I'd go out with my friends, and, and like I'd this. say, like, who the fuck are are you yeah i'm like you telling me that i was okay with this before <laughs> like, it's know, kind like, of my that's my not funny at all yeah, and like... that
2: story by the way mm-hmm. i've heard it 15 yeah, you... times bro sure but then i fell back off by i think i got a i think i'm not blaming anybody else but they had a girlfriend and we were like kind of partying she's like well you should kind of do what you want if you feel like you want <laughs> to do it yeah and i thought it's just like the little devil on his shoulder. What <laughs> yeah. if I went, you know what? She's right. <laughs> I do deserve to I do deserve with... to have this bottle of Bordeaux. <laughs> you look at
1: the angel, and the angel's like, yeah. He's like this. He's like, like that's, that's a nice, that's a good year.
2: <laughs> that's, good. <laughs> that's 84? That was one of the best years for <laughs> yeah. Bordeaux. <Bardot>. I think <laughs> you should drink it. <laughs> You're the I angel. had wonderful, wonderful relationships. They were really great. I fucked them all up. Believe mm-hmm. me, it was and because of that I think it's really because of uh, I really do think it's because of alcohol like I acted like it was a different person Mm -hmm. I don't know I think it's different for everyone for me personally I didn't necessarily act like a different person it's just there was that was like a it's like you know like they say it's you know it's really something else that's bothering you Mm -hmm. internally like I said you look inward and you'll find out what it is do you want to do that oh hell no I don't want to do that hell no nobody wants to do that But you, at some point, like they say, you gotta face yourself. You gotta face, face it. It's funny this business. Like it, everyone can put that that can put that away and keep just put aside. I said this business because you're so busy working. Uh-huh. You're so busy. It takes so much concentration. Sure. And also, what we do a lot of times is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, you better be aware that you could get really hurt or killed. Whatever you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Rarely, but it could happen. Uh, so there was a lot of signs. And a lot of uh, warnings, but still ignored it. I after four years, I fell back off. Now that we're on that that drive, we're on that little road, uh, the next time I got sober was I ran into... I was in my pickup truck. I went drinking with a guy after work. And we don't even have to go into detail. what was what we were doing. I was smashed. And I smashed... I, I was trying to find a parking space by my house. And I cracked into this car. It, like... Didn't think I hit it that hard. I was in my pickup room, and it looked like it exploded. And then I realized, you really dropped. And yeah. so I got out of the car and there's a guy there going, hey man, like, I was like, I'm sorry, take care of it. I probably said, like, I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> I'll
2: take care of it. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go park this car. He's like, dude, the, the wheel's off. <laughs> this is really funny. It's a funny experience. I'm making fun of it. It was actually a really bad experience, but I'm making yeah. fun of it. And my goodness, was that. So I waited for the cops. They came, and I said hi. You know, like they were like, "Yeah, you're really drunk." So the four cop cars, like the whole thing was a mess. And I went away, and uh, I went to this jail, and I was in there for like four days. They bounced me around with my my paperwork, and <laughs> they have your paperwork and your phone and shit. I remember I shut my phone off when I got arrested, so it had. I hope it had power. And I sat in there for days and really had. That gives you what? A lot of time to think in there. Everyone hates you in there. Nobody really likes you. Sure. But the the guards really hate you because they gotta like give you something to eat and like you ask them what time it is because there's no windows. What day? What day, what day is it? <laughs> right, fuck Where am them. I? Yeah. Get me out of here! You know whatever. And they're like, I, you know that whole experience. I s- walked out of they. I finally got out. I clicked that phone on. They let you out a door in this jail. It just kind of let you out on a street. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's industrial. Like, I'm just standing there. I go, oh, my God. Thank God. This is the most
0: beautiful place I've ever seen.
2: And I I looked back at that door. I said, I can never come out of that door again, regardless of what I'm doing in my life. Anything. Mm -hmm. Can't. Cannot come out that door. I can't be in there ever again. Mm -hmm. You lose complete control. Everyone likes a little bit of control. You know, I'm not a control freak at all. I'd rather other people have control, but not like that. Mm-hmm. That and the no light, no, wow! What a, what an eye opener that is. Mm-hmm. I I think for me anyway, I just said I can't go back then, there and, I, and, I, and that was it. And you haven't drank since. Nope. No, when was this? How long ago? Uh, six years ago. Oh wow. And the girl I was dating same time she got sober same same time right same moment. Wow. She went yeah I'm done. Because she saw what I she looked at me like just looked me in the eye, and I looked. I'd been in there for four days. I just looked so destroyed. I was yeah. like, you know, spiritually, that's what it was. I know, people don't talk about, that's not even like a hippie thing. Like or, You're like a groovy, like flowery thing. It's, no, it's real. Your soul. It's that's your freaking walking out of there going, I can't ever go, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I can't take that. Sure. You know, I, I yeah, just my can't. humanity's
0: and, been taken away. I'm just an animal. And, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And when you, when you look... Again, when you look internally, you should see what person's in there who wants to come out, who Mm -hmm. wants to come back out, maybe.
0: Sure. Who's been rammed down by everything. Yeah, because
2: the first two years of being sober is you're crazier than you were when you were drunk because you're finding out all these things. You're like, God, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. God, I'm. I'm so lazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm no thought, one was around. I'm not me. that nice to people. I thought I was so nice. Uh-huh. I don't really help anybody. Yeah. And that's so oh, oh. These are things I can improve upon. let mm-hmm. Let's make that a jo- a little job. So my daughter wasn't talking to me. I could not get her on the phone. Could not write her enough letters. Could not have any communication with she wouldn't have anything to do with it fine what am I going to do sad 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 time but I was sober a friend of mine got a job he said can you bring some equipment I got there and there was this I saw this producer on the job Jennifer Fisher was a friend of my ex-wife's and I was like holy shit and and I saw Savannah Davis I had to actually I hadn't seen her in so long you know she was becoming a young woman and she stepped out of the elevator with a bunch of bags and I got in the elevator she got off and I didn't realize that was her so we passed each other And I thought, this is, this is just too much. And I'm in a job. You know, I'm at work. So I'm still setting up the shot. Went in there, tried talking, interacted, and did the best I could. And she was unreceptive. At the end, I said goodbye, and I, I hugged her because it was very uncomfortable. You know, it was like, you could tell she didn't. She really was cold. But there was a little interaction. and talked to her. I said, look, if you want to ever... Get together, we'll have lunch. And she called me after that, and that was like, boom! Yes, I'll go to lunch with you. Yes, let's. And then we were sitting at lunch, and she said another thing like that. She goes, she goes, aren't you glad I didn't talk to you for like three? She got your shit together because I was sober when I met her. home. Once she saw i had quit, it's funny, right? It could have been drugs, could have been anything, mm-hmm. or or I was a bank robber or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to get get to change something about yourself in order for your kid to say. Okay, I'll let you be in my life. I mean, I have that. Whatever else happens, I don't care. Yes, That's all materialistic and monetary, whatever. I don't care. Internal is the best for the planet. Especially as my, my, my daughter's a woman. I remember she was a little you know, little loaf of bread. I was yeah. holding in my hand. She's driving and has an apartment and plants and a cat. Uh-huh. You know, That's the best thing that came out of all of this conversation. Mm-hmm. If I was to say one thing, that was... Being a father was the smartest thing I've ever done now that I looked at her yesterday when she fell asleep. Watching the movie, I'm like, this is the best thing in the world. That's all I need.
1: Having your daughter fall asleep with you in the movie yeah, theater. Yeah,
2: watching the movie.
0: <laughs> well, Kenny Davis, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. We couldn't be more grateful to have you here. And yeah, thank uh, you. My pleasure. We love you and I love appreciate you, you, man.
1: Yeah, you and- awesome. Catch uh, Kenny's, his latest endeavors, the last ones were O.A., Logan Lucky, you just did Infinity War. And he, you're going he, to Spain right two. today, Equalizer 2, you're going to Spain today to go work yeah. on something. Yeah. To go hang out. No, so hang I'm hanging out in
2: Mulligan. I'm Ronin, I have no master. It It's kind of cool in a way. Right. Like maybe that was my calling, maybe I am Bruce Lee. You might. <laughs> a <true>. little bit. <laughs> Without the six pack. <laughs> and, the, and the hair. And the sunglasses, and the bell buttons, no. (laughs)